Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good day to my listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio. And I first want to start out by asking, how are you all out there? I know that you all out there are doing fantastic and um, that you're all up and raring to go on this beautiful day that God has given us. I know that I am, too. I was just telling um, uh, my engineer, Dave, shout out to Dave, that I, you you know, we were talking about how we're feeling. And I said, I'm, I'm feeling a little little low today. But nevertheless, you know, the show is going to be good. But, you know, sometimes you have this, you know, feeling a little low. And it could be from all of the temperature um, has been very hot and, um, you know, other negative things going on um, in the country. All of that, you know, is, is affecting us as well. All right. I will say, okay, that I'm so happy to be broadcasting this morning, although there continues to be a lot, like I just said, going on in our country, you know, such as the weather. You know, there's been inclement weather listeners, um, you know, here just in our country and uh, here in Arizona. You know, the weather is extremely hot, hot, hot. Okay, today, the high is going to be 110 with a low of 87. You know, it's triple digits throughout the week. And then it's also being, um, you know, forecasted for the following week. And look, listeners, excuse me. And look, listeners, can you believe that some people are still trying to do outside activities in this dangerous heat like hiking? I mean, you know, when we had to, um, you know, leave the house yesterday and it was maybe about, um, I want to say maybe about 10 o'clock in the morning. This guy had on, you know, a lot of clothes and a hat and he was jogging. I don't get it. And so, but anyway, you know, and then with these people that are doing this hiking and, you know, jogging like this gentleman I was talking about, then they have to be rescued. And, and, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, when these people are doing these hiking and things like that, they charge these people for rescuing them because they should know better. Okay. Like they got to send up the helicopters and whatever to get them. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pay for that and the crew inside. So all of you all out there listening to me, you know, don't do that, you know? So, you know, when I was talking to you, uh, uh, you know, two weeks ago, the temperature was in the high nineties, you know, and the humidity was extremely high. And now we have the triple digits and that's the dry heat and they got the humidity has gone down because I, you know, we have had 114 with humidity now. But speaking of the weather, have you all out there paid any attention to the huge iceberg that is moving towards Greenland? Well, CNN's Phil Black, Ingrid Formonic and Christian Stribe reported on July 25, 2018, in Arnar Greenland, sorry about that, the people of Arnar know how to handle themselves around the ice. Their small island off Greenland is surrounded by it through, uh, you know, through every long, dark winter. They take doll sleds off um, on the Baffin Bay's frozen um, surface to hunt seals and polar bears. 
But this summer, an unpredictable 11 million ton mountain of ice has parked itself right next to their isolated fishing community. Now, the 170 people who live here can only hope it leaves quietly without creating a fuss. It's the biggest we've ever seen, says village councilor Suzanne Eliasson. It rises roughly about 100 meters above the water. Okay. The report also stated, listeners, that should the iceberg break, that it can cause tsunami-like conditions with massive waves bringing destruction to the small island. Wow. I pray that, you know, this does not happen. And then, you know, here in our country, we have Yosemite National Park, you know, and that is fires there surrounded it, you know. I remember when my husband and I visited there um, a couple of times uh, in California, and it's so beautiful, you know, and now the fires are are abound, this beautiful landmark. So it's very sad, and I hope that it burns out very quickly, you know. So, and I just, I just also want to say, listeners, that wherever there is destruction going on and those who are being affected, I hope that they are safe, and I hope that they find relief very soon. Okay, as always... I have a great show lined up for you today. And my guest today is Brian Keyes, technology ex- expert. My um, frequent uh, guest, Reginald, the world's best mental health therapist, unfortunately could not be with us today, but he will be returning for the show um, airing um, in August. Can you believe it? August. That came quick. Wow. Now, the topics are dinner table conversation. And that dinner table conversation suggestion is, wait, stop for a minute. Let's think about this thing. Then we're going to go into speaking of voting. Then how many bales of hay does it take to save America's farmers? Say what? Russia now is colluding with the Dems. Home Depot said they made a mistake. Three suggestions for keeping your iPhone running smoothly. Okay. Now. Let's get right into my dinner table conversation since I have a lot to talk about today. Now, listeners, we are living in a world of quick, fast, and in a hurry. Instant gratification is what the majority of our world's population want without knowing the background reasons why they want certain things. It is because a number of individuals feel that they do not have to work hard to achieve their goals, or is it because Some think that they are entitled to certain things or are they imitating others, not knowing the background of work that people went through to get their lavish lifestyles, for example. And is it because they idolize basketball players, rappers, reality show stars, for example, and they envision that this, you know, happened for them seemingly quickly, making millions and it looks easy to do. So they think, so why can't, you know, it happen quickly for me? I'm saying, wait, stop for a moment. Let's think about this thing. You know, there is an old saying, listeners, that says that everything that glitters is not gold. Also, I want to say ugliness, hate, killing, lying, stealing, gluttony, disrespect, and racism continues to be the most adorned flavors of this country in particular. And for all of those who unfortunately like drinking these flavors consciously, okay, decide to display this towards their parent or parents, 
guardians, teachers, siblings, strangers, you know, and it's growing and gaining more and more momentum as quickly as the days passed. So wait, please stop for a moment and think about what you are saying. Think about what you are doing, the repercussions for drinking these flavors, for you could take your breath away. Remember, Miss Karma is alive and well. So as I wait, stop and think, listeners, about, you know, things that I'm thinking about, I just wanted, you know, to say to you that my best conclusion is because individuals' mind which encompasses their entire embodiment, are becoming more and more lost souls, disconnected from the source, which is God. Not knowing their reason or reasons for being here on earth is a big contributor. They have no idea, unfortunately, of the greatness from God that was planted in them. They have no idea of the spectacular being they are. And why? Because they choose to be lost, some knowingly and some not knowing. They choose the path of quick, fast, and in a hurry. Just do it. Don't think about it. No one is looking at what is being done or hearing what ugliness is being said. Just say it. Just do it. And there are no repercussions to follow. So the dark-minded think. Now, you all know that choices, be it good or bad, have consequences, as I have said numerous times and will continue to say this on my show. So please choose wisely, you know, my listeners. And I just want to read a quote from Lizzie McGee. She created uh, the game Monopoly. And she said, I am thankful that I was taught how to think and not what to think. So listen, I know that I'm in this world. However, I choose not to be of this world. You get my drift. So I choose to wait. Stop for a moment. And to think about this thing, whatever it is, it has always turned out better for me. And I'm sure it will turn out better for you as well. Now, my questions for my dinner table conversation goes as follows for this topic. Which method of thinking do you choose, succinctly or haphazardly? Why do you think there is such a dark cloud hovering over this country from your perspectives? What do you think are the causations for this dark cloud hovering, hovering over us? What changes would you implement to make it better? Does it matter to you how you speak to others? If not, why are you this way? If yes, why does it matter? Are you a leader or are you a follower? Now, as I've always said, I always give my dinner table conversation suggestions. And if this isn't a topic of your choice, just go ahead and pick one. The thing is, is that the family and the friends and everyone is together. And as I said, you will find out a lot as having a gathering and giving individuals the opportunity to speak. And it'll all be a good thing. Everybody will learn something from one another. Trust me. Okay. I'm getting on my soapbox, <laughs> listeners. Vote, vote, vote. November is coming fast, listeners. Now, please register to vote. It is so important. If you are registered, please vote. If you're not registered, get registered and then vote. Start right now educating yourself now on who is running in your districts and, 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 you know, your country and stuff. And, and, you know, what do they stand for? You know, know that. 
what good are they bringing to to you, the constituents? If your neighbor needs a ride for to go and vote, please put them in your car. If you are an early voter, be sure to get it in. Personally, I like to go in and vote. Okay, but however way your choice is, please just do it. This way, I know when I go in and vote that I know my vote is there and it's done. You young voters keep getting registered. Vote, vote, vote. And you know what? This is a good segue. And to my next topic, speaking of voting. Now, the Daily Cause reported that young people are registering to vote in record numbers where it matters for 2018. The article says yet another study confirming that November 6, 2018, may see a substantial uptick in younger voters, easy to find an outlet to express their displeasure at having their lives threatened by Donald Trump and his Russian bought NRA tools in the Republican Congress. Now, this report is um, is from a young woman by the name of Kara Boyd, and uh, she reports from Mother Jones. All right. Now, it goes on to say the March for Our Lives, you know, teens say that they'd hashtag vote them out. And a new study suggests that they could be poised to do just that. According to the political data firm Target Smart, the percentage of newly registered voters who are under the age of 30 has grown significantly in a number of key battleground states since the February school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Now, the surge could have uh, big implications in this uh, fall's fight for control of Congress. Now, on average across the country, the share of younger voter registrations only rose by two percentage points. But here we go, listeners. The numbers soared in several classic battleground states such as Arizona, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Florida and Nevada. And in particularly, they rose significantly in several states with competitive house races this cycle. Now, the study tallied new registrations in 39 states uh, where such data was available. Interesting enough, the only states where uh, youth registrations was down, you know, listeners were in the solid Republican or, re- or Republican-leaning states, okay? As Boyd points out, Pennsylvania alone is hosting nine highly competitive House races. So assuming these young people get out and vote, they have the, you know, the potential for, you know, all by themselves to flip the control of Congress. Okay, that would be a great thing. Now, the data wasn't available for New Jersey, but all of the surrounding states show jumps well above the national average. Now, the study's author didn't try to determine the rationale for this upsurge, nor did they bring down the registration by party affiliate, you know, break it down by the party affiliation. But they used February 14, 2018, the date of Parkland shooting as their reference point since nationwide efforts to register youth voters began soon afterwards. Now, the study highlights a Harvard University poll, which found nearly two thirds in this age demographic favor measures to contain the spread of automatic and semi-automatic weapons. Okay, and it may also be that the upsurge reflects in part efforts by Democrats' parents to push their kids to register for reasons having to do with Donald Trump. 
Now, any parent worthy of being called a parent is making damn sure that his or her children get out and vote this year for reasons that transcend the issue of firearms. But either way, the author says, we'll take it. Okay. Now, I'm going to bring on my guest to help me discuss this topic. His name is Brian Keeves. He has over 30 years in the technology arena. He is a friend to the show. He has good commentary. He is my husband. Good morning, Brian, and thank you for being on my show today. Good morning. How are you? I am great today. It's a beautiful day, a little bit uh, overcast to keep some of that huge sun out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wish that it would be overcast for the day. Maybe that'll cool it down a bit, you know. Um, but uh, listen, um, I, you know, I just read um, some uh, points from uh, the the article about the young voters. What is your take on what um, I just uh, read to the listeners? Well. <clears throat> You know, it, it, it heartens me to know that um, they're, they're getting younger voters registered. The key is, are they going to actually come out and vote, right? And <clears throat> President Obama uh, was able to take that upsurge of interest in him and actually translate it into real voting people going out and voting, and a lot of young people did it, too, and that was a good thing. Um, there are mm-hmm. some topics like gun control that interest, um, those just call them the millennials, the millennials. <laughs> and, you know, and, but, the, but the key is, getting, is, is if they're going to get out and vote. And, you know, I, this is a concern I always have. The Republicans have consistently tried to put up as many barriers to voting as possible, make voting as hard as possible, because they know that the harder it is, the fewer people that will come out, especially younger voters, right? Because if they mm-hmm. think, if they can convince them that um, their vote won't count, they won't get out there and do it. And, you know, they're, they're, they're masters at it. They, you know, gerrymander districts, They've been um, removing people from voting rolls all across the country, uh, especially, again, in those key states that you're talking about, you know, battleground mm-hmm. states. Um, mm-hmm. It hasn't always worked <laughs> everywhere, but they've been very successful, especially as we saw in the last presidential election. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. extremely successful in keeping people from getting out of vote and voting. So while it heartens me to know that that young voters are interested in doing it, I want to see the results. I just, you know, we just really need to encourage them to actually go to the poll and vote. And like you said, I'm sorry, like you said, don't mail in your ballot. Mail-in ballots mean absolutely nothing. They don't count them in time for most races. So go physically into the ballot box and vote. Yeah, I mean, even with this, um, you know, last presidential election, um, it was stated, you know, that um, X amount of votes were were in, uh, but they had not counted um, even the uh, servicemen from overseas, servicemen and women from overseas, uh, mail-in votes. And so I've, I'm, I'm just always saying 
you know, to the TV and, you know, <laughs> you know, like, why are you even talking about the results if you have not gotten all the results in, you know, but, um, you know, if they're going to if they're going to jump into this quick, fast and in a hurry, um, you know, uh, thing that I that I just got through talking about, um, you know, uh, world, uh, then then they need to then they need to um uh, make sure that everything is counted, you know, right then and there and be upfront about it. And, um, and also I do agree with what you said about, okay, you guys are registered. And this is why I'd say that once you have gotten registered, then please go out and vote. Okay. Then thank you for your comment. Now let's move on to the next topic is how many bills of hay does it take to save this country's farmers? Now, I'm sure that you all have heard about the farmers in this country is very angry. Um, I, I think that I reported, uh, on my last show. I, if I did not, I'm reporting on this show that, uh, farmers are going to Congress to speak their mind. And, um, they're going to Congress to speak their mind and, 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 um, you know, as I feel that they should, because um, they they can see that the handwriting on the wall that they're going to lose their farms, which means lose their livelihood and and uh, which means that they can't support themselves or their families and, um, you know, so forth and so on. So now. Um, so now the, the thing the thing is, is that. Just one moment. Just one moment. I got distracted. Okay. Here we go. Okay. I was talking to, uh, talking to Dave. Um, Quartz Media LLC, um, has, has a report and it's titled Cabbage with Baggage. And it says this, Trump wants to bail out U.S. farmers to save them from his own trade war. Okay. Now remember, he started this trade war. Donald Trump is preparing a $12 billion financial aid package geared at reducing the damage his own trade policies are inflicting on American farmers. Detail of the plan are scant, but the package is expected to be rolled out in September. In a call with reporters, the U.S. Department of Agriculture said the money will be distributed to farmers based on calculations of how much damage they endured from retaliatory tariffs imposed on the U.S. Okay, the money is expected to be allocated to three different areas directly to haul producers and to farmers who grow soy, sorghum, wheat and cotton to purchasers and distributors of fruits, nuts, rices and linguins that supply American food banks and other nutrition programs and for a trade promotion package in which commodity producers can apply for money for new advertising and marketing. As a word of the plan rippled into the media, farm groups and journalists characterized it as a bailout and an attempt to ashwash a rural base of supporters that has grown uneasy as Trump has steered the U.S. into a series of trade wars with important agricultural export markets such as China and Canada. Early reactions from farm groups show the White House plan is drawing more skepticism than relief. In general, they say their members aren't interested in getting handouts from the government at the expense of American taxpayers. 
We don't want payments, said Dave Warner, spokesman for the National Poor Producers Council, also known as the NPPC. What we really want is the trade disputes to end and the tariffs to go away. Another group, Farmers for Free Trade, issued a similar statement stating the best relief for the president's trade war would be ending the trade war. Farmers need contracts, not compensation, so they they so they can create stability and plan for the future. Now, the groups are waiting to learn more specific details about the White House proposal. Now, Brian, this is something that um, I engaged in conversation uh, with you um, about uh, yesterday about the farmers. And I'm just going to say that I am very happy that they are doing this because it's ridiculous and it's uncalled for. There was no need. He wanted he meaning Trump wanted to have some kind of dispute, some kind of disgruntledness, you know, some type of oil and water, you know, don't mix thing going on, you know, for whatever his, you know, mental condition is, is calling for. Your thoughts about what I just said? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was looking at a similar story. The Wall Street Journal editorial board said this basically the same thing, that, you know, the Trump administration is trying to fix it, an economic problem it, it created by putting the victims on the federal dole. <laughs> and then and they're mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, it's, uh, we were watching, um, uh, whatever his name, John Dickerson, I think it was, um, last night talking about Trump. He throws a hand grenade into the room and then comes in and tries to be, you know, save it. And that's what's happened here with the tariff. So to give you some stats, um, trying to put a 25% tariff on U.S. pork as a result of the tariff wars and federal data is showing that we're stockpiling beef, poultry, pork, and turkey um, in the U.S. facilities, rising above 2.5 billion pounds. So these are these are products that normally would be exported. Um, China is uh, a huge recipient of our pork as well, as you mentioned before, soybeans. And um, they're feeling the pain. And you're right. They... These are these are Trump supporters. They're like all on board with you know reducing government spending. The last thing they want is to see them being given money by the government to you know as uh, on basically putting them on welfare. And um, is, you know I mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's yeah. a total shame because the free market is working fine. President Trump mm-hmm. is supposed to be a free market Republican. What's going on? <laughs> Total hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, th- yeah, it is, and I, and that's what I was saying. You know that, um, um, you know the the hip, you know the hypocrisy. I I talked about that in my show, um, um, let, uh, you know, last time when we had Terry Griffiths and now Reginald Campbell was on, and I just want to make a comment about the stockpiling of the meat. I mean, just exactly how long do they think uh, that meat is going to last? This isn't the days of when you know long ago people didn't have freezers and they have to do other things like you know pack it in salt, pack it underground, whatever they did to keep it fresh. And as I said, things were you know. Uh, 
uh, uh, things, things was different. Yep. Meat was grown different and, and, and that's what they had to do. And, um, you know, you know, just as I said, how long do they think the stockpiling, you know, is of the meat is going to last, you know, for freshness and health, healthy, you know, con, you know, you know, cons, consuming, you know, by, you know, by, uh, human beings. Um, you know, so, the, yeah. so it's just a mess all the way around. And I, I applaud the, the farmers for, you know, getting up and saying, no, this is not, this is not going to happen. They don't want somebody giving them, okay, here you go. Here's such and such money a month. They want to be their own individual. They want to call the shots. They want to be the ones to, um, to deal with the contracts, um, to, to, you know, to have the individuals that they import, uh, their meats to. Um, and, and, uh, so forth and so on, you know, they want to be their own person. And I certainly don't blame them, you know, um, who's gonna, you know, you're the captain of your own ship. I'm not going to wait for somebody else, <laughs> you know, to, yep. to come and tell me, okay, you know, I've done this and, you know, and I've done that. The one sure thing, you know, is that you, that you are you, you know, what you want to do, you know, what you can do. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to, you know, depend on somebody else to oversee your life, Brian, you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Hey, and I've got another side effect for you. The Evening Standard just um, announced, uh, reported, that um, a 26-year-old man tried to bomb the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. And they they didn't Mm -hmm. explicitly state that this was the reason, but they speculate it was because of the tariffs, that, that, that this person probably lost his job. And mm-hmm. he only ended up injuring himself. <clears throat> but, you know, this is the kind of thing we're going to start seeing. We're going to see a lot of animosity outside because of all mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the thing is, um, you know, um, you, you know, people are just growing tired. Of, you know, of, of, of all of the, the craziness and the, and the sadness and, and the hypocrisy and, you know, the, the nastiness and, and all of that I talked about, um, in my dinner table, uh, conversation, you know, um, that you just cannot, um, you know, do this and don't think that it's going to affect you in some kind of way because, you know, because it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. So I, my hope, is that um you know that things work out for the farmers i hope they get there to congress and definitely voice um definitely definitely voice their um opinions of what it is that they like what they don't like and what it is that they want to be seen uh you know seen you know what they want to see is happening and what they don't want to see is happening you know i i really i really like this that that people are going to come out because as i said before um, you know, um, uh, terrorists equal massive job loss. And so here, and here we go. This, this is, this is a, a result of that. This is a result of Absolutely. that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And not just here in the United States, but worldwide. Let's move on to our next topic. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What did you say? I'm sorry. I was saying, not, and job loss is not just in the United States, but worldwide. Exactly. And this is the thing that I always say, um, you know, you know, I want to say this before I move on to our next topic is that we need one another. This shows you that we need one another. The farmers need to import their goods, which are which is meat and soy and sorghum and wheat in there. They need to import this to other countries 
so that they can, um, you know, be financially stable, uh, do what it is that they need to do for their lives. Boom. Even if I don't go any further into expanding that net, just that right there. And, oh, I don't need to. I don't. Yes, they do. We need one another. They need to get that, you know, the, their 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 meat out to to China. They need to get all of these things out. I mean, otherwise, why even bother? I mean, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. And remember, on my last show, I talked about common sense and logic. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So now, the next topic. Say what? Russia's now colluding with the Dems. Now, True Blue Media. Kaylee Joy Graham reported July 24, 2018, that Trump is losing, is afraid of losing in November, Brian. So he's already blaming Russia. Now, someone must have told Trump about all the polls saying Republicans will get wiped out in November. The article states that Trump has never been worried about Russia, and he certainly has never worried about Russia's interference in our elections. But now, all of a sudden, He is concerned. In fact, he's very concerned. I'm very concerned that Russia will be fighting very hard to have an impact on the upcoming election, he tweeted Tuesday. Based on the fact that no president has been tougher on Russia than me, they will be pushing very hard for the Democrats. They definitely don't want Trump. Blah, blah, blah. The Trump's newfound concern about Russia's election meddling is literally incredible. If he's so very concerned that Russia is trying to meddle in the upcoming election against Trump, whose name is not actually on the ticket, listeners, why invite an adversary to the White House? Which is my question, just one of them. Second, last week, House House Republicans voted down a measure to further protect the U.S. election system. Trump certainly didn't, you know, encourage them to support it. And he didn't tweet rage at them when they blocked it. If he's so concerned about Russia's election meddling, why doesn't he want Congress to take every precaution available to, you know, to protect against it? Third, come on, just come on. Putin has been getting everything he wanted out of Trump since day one of his time in office. Trump continues to defend Putin while attacking U.S. intelligence and law enforcement. He even publicly entertained Putin's outrageous idea of handling of handing over our top U.S. diplomats for Russia to interrogate. Okay, what is far more plausible is that someone showed Trump the bad news about the upcoming election in November. And the bad news is that Republicans are likely facing a massive wipeout in the midterms in which they are predicted to lose control of the House and quite possibly the Senate. For Trump, who has been busily endorsing candidates and holding rallies and trying very much to make the midterms about him, nothing could be worse than a humiliating widespread defeat in November. So now he's making up excuses. And better yet, excuses that, you know, that he suggests that if Republicans do lose in November, listeners, okay, as they are predicted to do, then it must have been Russia, certainly not the American electorate that made it so. Okay. Wow. Wow. And wow. I'm going to start out by saying, Brian, that nothing lasts forever, but God's love. Okay. 
Trump and your people, you should know that nothing lasts forever, but God's love, you know, especially, you know, mean spiritedness and, and the rate that is going, it, it, you know, that, that, that engine, that, that locomotive is, is being slowed down. Your thoughts, Brian, on what I read? Well, that, that is a, a definite, um, possibility in terms of the theory that they're lining things up for the election. I kind of have a side view point that this really is just their standard operating procedure out of the White House. So, you know, first Trump uh, says whatever, whoever he's with, whatever they want to hear. So, you know, he bashed and threw the United States under the bus in front of Putin. Then he gets back home and he has to clean it up because everyone's, you know, mad at him. (laughs) And then they throw a misdirection and they're saying, Oh no, the Russians really don't, you know, don't, don't care about, uh, about Trump. They're, they're going to, they just want instability. <laughs> so they're going to, they're going to support the Democrats this time because it's all BS right from the start. It's, it's just the standard to me. It's just the standard misdirection, throwing things out to distract from the point that he in front of, uh, a foreign president. He called the American people fools. He called. He 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 said that his that he he stood with the Russians instead of his own people and his own intelligence agencies that gave him accurate information, and that mm-hmm. you know um, you know there was I'm, I'm, what else did he say when he was up there? It was there's so much of it. I can't even believe that that even his base um just went along with it oh he was just talking you know it's all that 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 bs that they throw out this Mm -hmm. this this is what authoritarian um dictators do this is what people do when they want to try to destabilize democracy literally is Mm -hmm. you know they they throw they they get people to, to they, they undermine people's belief in their own system they undermine people's uh, faith and belief in the checks and balances and people have said right now we literally have no checks and balances because if we had checks and balances he would have been gone long ago and then and and they do that to to maintain power to try to create a crisis that they have to solve. We've seen it so many times in the past, and unfortunately, a yeah. lot of American people are just buying into the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the thing is, is that, um, you know, um, um, I've been around for a little bit, but I, I do see that that uh, the American people are are changing. You know, when um, Bush was in office, you know, he he created, you know, all of this. Um, you know, unfortunately, the the planes did uh, run into. Um, you know, the, the buildings there that, that, you know, that harmed a lot of, um, uh, innocent, uh, victims and, you know, in New York, it was, it was terrible. Um, however, but, um, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. And I just wanted to mention that, but when Bush was in office, um, he caused a whole lot of things that was unnecessary that didn't need to happen, that wasn't happening, that he made happen. You know, um, like the three wars we had, you know, had going on that was unnecessary. Lot, lot of, uh, loss of life, um, you know, on all ends. Um, 
the thing is, uh, you know, that you're talking about checks and balances. I want to comment on that. Um, the checks and balances was going out the window once again when Bush was in office. There's no regulation um, of, of anything. I mean, if to just prove this point, look at the uh, consistent outbreak of salmonella. We have salmonella on sugar smacks. We got salmonella on on crackers. I mean, it you know, you can't even give your kid a Ritz cracker, you know, without them getting uh, sick and being rushed to the hospital, possibly losing their lives because salmonella is nothing to, to, to play with. So, you know, that that, you know, the, the loss of checks, checks and balances means, you know, to organizations that, OK, this is less that we have to do. Um, you know, let's get this stuff out quickly. I don't have to pay anybody, um, you know, to do this. And uh, the government don't need to, uh, you know, come in and do this because, you know, it's not necessary in their eyes to make sure that they're doing what it is that they need to do, which is on the on the uh, level of um uh, on the level of 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 uh, evil to me. You know, um, the thing um, one other thing that you had um, I talked about, Brian, I wanted to comment on is that this is our election. OK. And Russia's name should not come up in any shape, form or fashion in this election. They are not the United States. They're Russia. We are the United States. They don't have anything to do with our democracy. They just need to tend to their business. And as the kids used to say, this is an A-B conversation and see your way out. That's what they need to do. Uh, when John Dickerson was on uh, Stephen Corbett last night, as you know, I was talking to him through the television because don't nobody give a fuck about what the Russians want to see. This is all about what the American people want to see for their lives, for this country to be strong, for this country to to get up on its feet and stop all of this craziness and racism that they have going on. Russia don't have a damn thing to do because nobody is is uh, should not be trying. Let me say that should not be trying to do anything to appease this, you know, totalitarian evil regime. OK, you understand what I'm saying, Brian? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, those are those are some of the points that yeah, we had talked about before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't care about what what John Dickerson is saying. Well, you know, if they da 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 da, you know, they'll you know erase their sanctions and this and that and other da da da. I don't care about their damn sanctions. Their sanctions was imposed on them because they're an asshole. That's why. Yep. So why don't you do this? Stop being an ass, okay? Because as I said, we all need one another. All right. So. You know, I just I just wanted to, you know, say that, you know, and OK, so let's move on to my next um, bullet point, which is Home Depot said they made a mistake. Now, Essence Magazine is reporting this on July 23rd by Brittany Danielle. After uh, firing employee who defended himself from a racist customer, Home Depot said they made a mistake. The article says, in part, after firing a longtime employee who was harassed by a customer, Home Depot is now changing its tune. Maurice Rucker, who was working his shift at the Home Improved Store in Albany, New York, when he was insulted by a racist customer after asking the man to leash his dog. I said to him, sir, when you have a dog in here, we prefer that you keep it on a leash. Rucker recalled in an interview from WNYT, unfortunately, Rucker's reasonable request set the customer off. He turned around and said, F you and you're an a-hole and you're a piece of shit. OK, but the customer didn't just curse Rucker out 
listeners. According to the 60-year-old employee, the man also began hurling racist insults. If Trump wasn't president, you wouldn't even have a job, the customer said. I mean, really? You're from the ghetto. I mean, really? What do you know? All right. You're lucky I'm at work, Rucker told the customer. If I wasn't, this wouldn't be happening or you wouldn't be talking to me like this. In another interview with Times Union, Rucker explained why he refused to stay silent why, while he was being attacked. He said that I'm a black man and I have dealt with all levels of racism all my life, he said. I'm not going to accept racist behavior at work, home, the streets, or any place else. Rucker had been a dedicated employee with Home Depot for more than a decade, but was fired, listeners, five days after his confrontation with the customer. Okay? Now, Home Depot spokesman Stephen Holmes said in a statement, in this case, we're appalled by the customer's behavior and no one should have to endure verbal abuse. But we also must require associates, okay, to follow proper protocol to defuse a situation for the sake of their safety as well as the safety of other associates and customers. Now, listeners, after Rucker's story hit the news, however, Home Depot changed its stance. Now, the company told the Washington Post it had taken another look at the incident and offered Rucker his job back. Now, spokesman Matthew Harrigan explained the decision. He said that our concern was that he didn't disengage and alert management about a customer confrontation. Home Depot said it would offer Rucker payback, you know, back pay, I'm sorry, if he decided to return to the company. But it's unclear if he wants his old job back. Your thoughts on this, Brian? Well, <clears throat> I think what they, what Home Depot reevaluated is that they set themselves up for a good EEOC suit. <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, first off, the, the, you know, the, the, I don't care if you are a, an employee of a, co- of a company and if, if, a, if someone is unruly, then you need to take action. Management needs to take action on the customer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's let's turn it around. If if it was if they were if their races were reversed, what do you think would have happened? Mm-hmm. The police mm-hmm. would have called, been called, and he may have been shot for doing what he for doing what that customer did in Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's inherent institutionally, and unfortunately in the as a you know as a as a as a kind of a a background layer in, in this country that's always out there it's that racism and mm-hmm. he has a good suit he has a good case for to to get an EEOC suit against some depot because mm-hmm. because of that mm-hmm. i mean that to me is a hate crime mm-hmm. you need to be prosecuting the customer mm-hmm. not coddling them in that situation period mm-hmm. it's, it's it's abhorrent 
Exactly. You know, it's too far too often that, you know, this is this is happening. Um, you know, you get uh, individuals coming into a store and we've seen this. OK, now. now OK, now. Now get this one. OK, I'm, it, it, it's, it's, it's you know, it, this this bothers me, too. OK, now I know just from, you know, being, you know, a hearing officer, you know, and just common sense that um, you can only and or should only bring your dog into a place of business and they are, uh, you know, have been deemed an animal that is assisting you in some kind of way, mentally and medically, okay, basically, all right? I go into, you know, my my spa, and my husband knows this because I was like, you know, about it. And this woman comes in. Now this, this, this uh, spa where I go to, uh, this nail spa where I go to, it's not a very large, um, space, you know, it's, it's big enough, but you know how they have the, all you ladies can know this, you know how they have, and, and some of you men too, I should say, uh, know how they have the, um, uh, pedicure chairs, uh, lined up. This woman had a dog who was maybe, um, a, a few feet short of a Great Dane, all right? And he was a very large animal, had this long tail, and she's bringing him into the spa. And, you know, you get some people that have these these dogs, as maybe some of you guys can attest to that, and they want to show the dog off. Oh, his name is Fluffy, and, you know, you're petting the dog and all that. I mean, is the dog there to help you or for you to show off that the dog is fluffy and cute and cuddly or whatever? Okay, which one is it? Back to my story. The woman brings in the dog, and then she wants the dog to sit right there in between um, her um pedicure chair and another patron's pedicure chair. All right. And so the, the, the lady um, there is doing her job of doing the other patron's pedicure, but she's having a hard time because this dog is gigantic. Okay. And of course he's moving around and then he's got his tail and his tail is hitting the, um, you know, the, the uh, employee as she is trying to complete her job of doing um you know her service for her for her customer i mean you remember when i was telling you about this brian and and yeah. and i and so the, yeah and so the lady she got she got some kind of way you know because um uh, the owner you know um you know I, he was looking at me and i was looking at him i said you know listen you need to deal with that situation you know this is possibly people who are like look we come here you know to the spa we don't see want to see a gigantic animal in here and, you know, all of that. You know, this is something that she wants to do that maybe perhaps there are services. I'm sure there are because there, you know, you know, there there's a lot of things in this in this world that can come to her house and give her this service. If she wants to have this gigantic dog, she cannot and should not expect for people to be embracing embracing that. So, it you know, it was causing a lot of um you know, this, this Hartman and, and things there, you know, um, um, the, some of the people, you know, had told the owner that they would not return if he continued to let this kind of thing happen with people bringing in, um, you know, these large animals and everything while they're uh, supposed to be having a service uh, done and 
you know, when you're having these services done, you are supposed to be, you know, um, making sure that the that it is a healthy environment. Not to say that people that that's bringing their dogs in there don't keep them clean or whatever. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? But this, yeah, that's, this, um, that's yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cleanliness is regardless. You know, the, the, the rules are in place. The only service animals are allowed for a reason. And you're in a, you're in a hygiene, you know, in a spa, a nail spa, hygiene is uh, a consideration. And that, I don't, exactly. I don't care how clean, the, how many times you wash the dog, pets are not hygienic. And that's why they're not supposed to be allowed into, you know, restaurants and, and supermarkets and spas and things like that. And to me, I don't care if a person gets upset. You as a business owner need to enforce the law in that respect. Exactly. Because it also mm-hmm. protects your other customers who get upset. It's a real pet peeve of ours, I know. I, I feel the same way. It's, it's, every time I see a dog being carried or in one of those little carts in the store, I, you know, I have to bite my tongue. <laughs> And uh, yeah. you know, not to not to tell the person that they need to leave their dog at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's an animal. I know people love their animals. I'm not telling you not to, but come on now. I mean, I mean, really, people don't want to see a dog shaking their hair and everything as as they're buying food that they're gonna you know prepare, um, you know, to to consume into their body. You know, I know that there are, are we see advertisements um, on television with people who allow their cats to walk about on the on the countertops and stuff, you know, and then, you know, we wonder uh, why people get certain, you know, illnesses and so forth and so on. However, back about this Home Depot uh, situation, um, um, you know, the, the, the I agree that the uh, the Home Depot store probably thought, you know, but wait a minute now, this could this could give us, you know, some type of bad notoriety, you know, possible demonstrations. And, you know, uh, that means loss of business because Home Depot was involved in another situation before. I can't recall it right now, but not long ago they were involved in another um, situation. And yeah, and there is a possibility of, you know, an EEO suit. I'm not sure what the uh, gentleman is going to do. Um, Mr. Rucker, you know, if he's going to, uh, uh, take his job back, things like this, because they should have stood up for him from in the beginning. If someone is hurling insults at you, you're a grown person. You know, you're not some little little kid. You're going to run off and tell your father. You're going to handle that situation. Because I know that if it were me, I would. You know what I mean? So, you know, and particularly being a, a person of color, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to go, oh, well, wait a minute. Let me go and get, you know, let me go and go and get my daddy, you know, the, the manager and tell him that this person is, you know, uh, hurling insults, you know, which they're probably only going to take him or her over to the side and talk to him and let them continue to be in the store and all of that instead of putting them out and calling the police, as as you said. You know, is enough is enough of this and too much stinks. They really need to. Um, you know, to do better, you know, about, about this, you know, if you want to have, uh, uh, you know, a vibrant company and things, there needs to be rules and regulations. And I talked about this before on one of my shows is that people don't feel that they should, um, have to follow rules and re- regulations because in business, for all of us who study business, you know, there's a top down theory and we know where it's coming from. Okay. 
it's like, okay, well, he's not, he's not, um, you know, respecting anyone or anything, you know, so why should we? And he goes and he tells people, you know, in, in, in his, in his stupid fucked up rallies, you know, hit him, you know, you should do this. He tells the police officers don't hold, um, the potential suspect's head when they're getting into the car. I would just let them bump their head and, you know, all kind of things. And they laugh and, yeah. and, um, they, they laugh and think that's funny and it's not funny, you know? So, nope. um, you know, I, I, I think it's really bad. So now, Brian, I'm running out of time. So um, I'm asking you, can you quickly give, you know, my uh, listeners three suggestions for keeping your iPhone running smoothly? OK, you have about a minute. OK, so I have three things that will really help everyone out. Number one, back up your device, your iPhone, your um, even your Androids, whatever, back them up because if something happens to your device and you do need to replace it, all that will be up in the cloud and then you can restore it very quickly and easily. So that's your protection for future issues. Um, mm-hmm. If you're running your with your device, you're using it a lot, <laughs> close out your background app. Um, they use up memory and processing power that will reduce your battery power in life and also your, your performance on your device. <laughs> so regularly go through and get rid of all those apps. Um, they each have a way of doing them to, specific to the device. And uh, power cycle them every so often, too, is a good idea. It kind of clears out, like do a hard reset, as they call it, where you mm-hmm. have to, a, they all have a combination of buttons. You just power it totally down. Mm-hmm. And then they, they start up from scratch. And that's just like any computer. These are computers. These are mainframe computers, literally. They, they have a lot of power, um, but they will get mm-hmm. locked down. And then the last thing is, it's something that people don't really think about, but with lithium-ion batteries, you have to fully drain your battery every so often. Most manufacturers recommend at least once a month. I mm-hmm. do it more often than that, because what that does is it will protect the life of your battery Therefore, it will extend the life of your device. And those are my mm-hmm. three Fantastic. Thank you very much. You did that very well. I thank you, listeners, for um, uh, tuning in to me. I know that you have busy schedules, and there are other uh, people and other sources that you could have listened to, and I really appreciate you listening to me. I will be back in, um, you know, two weeks um, to give, bring you more insightful, educational and interesting uh, topics. But before I leave, I would like to leave you with a quote from Michelle Obama, First Lady. She said, we should always have three friends in our lives, one who walks ahead, who we look up to and follow, one who walks besides us, one who is with us every step of our journey, and then one who we reach back for and bring along after we've cleared the way. I hope you have a great day. Be safe out there. Always remember to think succinctly. Wait and think about this thing. Take a moment. This is Teresa E. Keys. I'll see you in two weeks. Make it a fantastic day.